It's Tuesday of the third week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. Today the Roman station is at Santa Pudenciana. Tradition holds that St. Pudens was a Roman senator who hosted St. Peter in his house for some six years. Perhaps the first Mass St. Peter offered in Rome took place here. There was a Pudens named by St. Paul in 2 Timothy. There is an inscription here that says that Pudens hosted Peter. Tradition also says that Pudens had two daughters, Pudenciana and Praxedes, who were active in collecting remains of the martyrs and interring them in a well within their home. The church on this site is called Pudenciana. Not far, just near Santa Maria Maggiore up the hill, there is a beautiful church named for Praxedes. The original oratory here, in honor of St. Peter, seems to have been built into the senator's home in the time of Pius I. All the original buildings were destroyed in 139 for the construction of the Baths of Novatius in the time of Hadrian. In the 4th century, Pope Sericius dedicated a church here in honor of Peter and decorated the apse with a mosaic that is still extant. It is the oldest Christian mosaic in Rome. Christ, against the background of a city, is seated on a throne under a jeweled cross. His hand is raised in the gesture of a teacher. Apostles sit nearby as his court, Peter in the robe of a philosopher, a Keton, and Paul in the toga of a Roman senator. The four evangelists are depicted above. Female figures hold wreaths, perhaps as symbols of the Gentiles and the Jews, which is a theme seen in St. Mary Major and St. Sabina. The present interior is mostly from the 16th century, but the altar contains wood fragments said to be from the table on which Peter celebrated his first Mass in Rome. Excerpted from Christ Was Cancelled First by Elizabeth A. Mitchell, taken from the website The Catholic Thing of Sunday, 7 March 2021. The power that the cancellation of goodness exerts, the fear it elicits in our hearts, is stunning. But Christ was cancelled first. He chose to be eliminated from the earth, from the powers that be, from acceptance by the very creatures he had loved and formed from dust, willingly, lovingly, as the preferential path of true meaning and power in his almighty plan. And so, like Peter, we must confront Christ's paradox. Everything we believe is failure and loss and waste in our lives. The good deed unnoticed, the kindness rejected, the example scorned, the love denied, is precisely the point, the point of immolation. And there true life begins, in Christ, in his cancelled, bloodied, broken body, in his offering of self on the cross, and in our hearts. And what comes in return? What comes from laying down our lives with Christ? Power, strength, and the divine life? that pour forth through us and through our silent, hidden, unseen act. All because cancellation and self-offering and hidden love take place in the darkness and in the silence, behind the door of a cell block at Auschwitz, behind the grill of a Carmel of Lisieux, behind the walls of the tower on a July day, and outside the city with the criminals near Jerusalem. And in all of this Christ knows we will need his strength, Without his prayers, I have prayed for you, Luke 22.32, we would not be able to do it, because often we forget that worldly success and approval are not our goals. 
We work and strive and seek to be someone in this world. We seek the validation that our efforts deserve, and then Christ chooses for us another way, his way. And in all of this we bear our cross with Christ and he with us. We must realize that the cross is always placed on our shoulders in love. He chooses us to bear his cross. He shares his chosen treasure with us, and we shirk the invitation. The cross is embarrassing. The cross is a mark of failure. And yet the cross is the only door through which true life enters.